All right, guys, going to be getting into the API, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Highlighting the top plays, giving you guys the top stat fits, best in recent form, course history, the core plays, and a first look build. Let's get into it. All right, everyone, welcome into the Arnold Palmer Invitational. This is going to be a fun tournament. It is an elevated field event, which just means that all the best players in the world are going to be here, and it's going to mean that it's going to be extremely easy to make a pretty good build. This field is pretty loaded. It's a straightforward week. We know which key stats to look at. We know which players to be on. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. So with this tournament, it is a tournament that typically does play as a harder scoring tournament, and that's a lot due to the weather, but also the setup. It's a longer track, and really that's the biggest difference it feels like it's a easier to predict version of last week's tournament uh in terms of which key stats we're looking at in terms of how the course is going to play uh like hard scoring you need to be avoiding bogeys. You need to be strong and total driving and whatnot. So the key stats that we're going to be looking at are going to be total driving, ball striking. You could look at total putting. We're going to be looking at par five scoring. As always, strokes gain total and effective scoring. We're going to be looking at bogey avoidance and greens gained. And so here are the players that are popping up key stat wise. The biggest interesting data point I think that we have here is simply the fact that we're going to see a lot of DP tour players popping up there. Ryan Fox, Adrian Moronic. You got uh, Adam Scott, Tommy Fleetwood. You know, he's okay. We're going to see... DP Tour players actually tend to play pretty well here. So we'll go ahead and get into the course history here to kind of show you guys that. And so if we just take out these players with only one start, we can see Matt Fitzpatrick is kind of the course horse here with a ninth, 10th, ninth, and second. He would pretty much just be a lock and load if we knew the status of his health. Obviously, he's been battling a little bit of the injury bug here, but he is something that is very interesting in GPPs. If we get news that he is 100%, like probably just loading up on him. Now, I don't think we'll get that news. I think he's still going to be injured, but definitely worth monitoring there. Uh, Sky Scheffler, we can see a first and 15th place finish. We can see Roy, 13th, 10th, 5th. Fifth, sixth, you know, really just been playing extremely well here at this tournament. Chris Kirk, last week's winner, fifth, eighth, and fifteenth. Sunjay AM, extremely good course history. Twentieth, twenty-first, third, third. You go a little bit lower. Terrell Hatton, second, twenty-first, first, twenty-ninth. He's at an extremely cheap price tag. Cbez, another DP tour player popping up there. Okay. We go lower. Max Homa, seventeenth, tenth, twenty-fourth. Extremely good starts there. Willie Z. You know, 38th and a 10th, we'll take the top 10 finish. Keegan, 11th, 10th, 42nd, 46th. Keith Mitchell, 61st, 43rd, 5th, 6th. Hideki, Tommy Fleetwood, Hovland, Bo Hosler. Okay, he's going to be an interesting name, I think. Adam Shank, our boy Adam Shank from last week popping up there. Okay, so we got a lot of like really strong kind of price point plays. A lot of good, really solid course history players to go in on. And so if we look at the players coming in with the best recent form, this really shouldn't shock you guys too much. We got Rahm and Rory. Ming Wu Lee actually popping up there as well. He's been someone that has been playing some really solid golf, so not too shocking. Then Homa, then Xander, then Scotty, then Seamus Power. That's a little bit shocking. We got Patrick Cantor. Ryan Fox, you know, DP Tour has been playing extremely well. He's popping up there. Uh, we got Tony, we got Hovland, Hatton, Salit Tagala. That's an interesting name. But we can see we have a lot of players just really playing some extremely good golf. If we just look at like the average finish over the last five starts for these players, I mean, obviously, Rom just been a stud. Then we got Scotty. But we can see like we have like 10 players. They're coming in with an average finish of 19th or better over their past five starts. And if we go further, we have like 20, maybe even more than that, that have a better average finish of 30th. 
So a really stacked field that we got this week. And so one of the unique things about the nine to five data is that we have all this unique data points that go into the nine to five specialist. You'll see people referring to uh, like strokes game putting on a, on a, on a tournament and, and whatnot. Like, sure, that stuff is good to look at, but I feel like people overemphasize that stuff a little bit too much. So we go ahead and we put that into a nine to five specialist app. And so really, I think that the key things that we want to be looking at, maybe this tournament, you could go course designer. That's fine. Okay. Location, maybe, maybe, you know, players that play better in Florida, you could target, but let's go with length. Let's go with scoring. So I do think maybe potentially like water hazards in play, but really I would say like weather. The weather is going to be pretty bad on paper. And guys, this will change throughout the week. That actually changed how the tournament played um, projection wise last week. Okay. But looking at it, pulling in those data points, the top specialists, just those ones. And you can sort by this however you want. Okay. You can put in whichever data you want and it'll pull out which players would rank out the best. And so just looking at those, because I think these will be the most important data points for the specialist data is going to be John Rom, Roy, Max Homa, Scotty, Hudlin, Fox. Lee, Hatton, Xander, Willie Z, Justin Thomas, Keith, Mith Keith Mitchell, Sanjay M. Okay, so we are seeing some players with some pretty good price points popping up into there as well. So without further ado, let's get into the top plays in the high tier. All right, so getting into the high point price point tier, guys, this is absolutely loaded. Okay, and I would still argue that John Rom is a little bit too cheap. You know, I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks now. It's like John Rom should be at 12K. There's no reason he shouldn't be. It has basically been a free square. I mean, look at the last few starts first, third, seventh, first first eighth fourth i mean he is simply still too cheap now i will say the nine to five model this week has him as the second best player on the board why is that it's a very tight spread between he him and rory okay like very finite okay so rory is technically the, the number one very tight difference but given the consistency from rom that we have seen i could see just rolling with him instead of rory to me that makes a ton of sense i don't think you can go wrong with either i would still say though Rom is still too cheap. But at that same time, because we have such a loaded field, we are getting elite plays at a soft price tag. And so Scotty Scheffler is another one of those elite plays that we're getting at such a soft price tag. He's coming in as the third best pick in the nine to five model. Okay, we can see just tremendous form. He's the defending champ. We have seen him, you know, just really rattle off some great finishes as well. Um, I would say upside not as secure as Rom, but you know we're we're pulling teeth there. It's uh it's very tight, but yes, Rory does feel like the top play this week, and that sounds weird to say given the fact that you could argue his recent form is the worst amongst the two. But we can see Genesis Invitational 29th. You know, didn't really have a good weekend. Waste Manager Phoenix Open, a tournament in which he said you know really wasn't the best fit for him. 32nd, still made the cut, still did fine. Now he's entering this tournament in which he has finished 10th, 13th, 5th, and 6th. In terms of key stats, he ranks out first in three out of the four that I'm really dialing in on. So, you know, I don't think we can make a wrong decision between those first three, in all honesty. And at the same time, I think you can go ahead and toss in Max Holman there, who's just been, I would argue, like the fourth best player in the world right now. Like, I don't think that's like a hot take, really. You know, it, it literally go Rom, Scotty, Rory, Homa, right? And so we look at Homa's course history, 17th, 10th, 24th. Okay, so the only worry with him would be Green's gain, where he doesn't rank out the best in that. Other than that, really just a strong play across the board. The thing with these players, the first four players, is Rom is first in the specialist rating, 
Scotty third, Rory second, and Homa fifth. They're all the top four players in the nine to five player pool, and they're all the top four players according to DraftKings as well. So those are gonna be the top four plays. Pretty straightforward as that. And like we are getting such a cheap price day for Max Homa. Sure, we might worry about the upside with him a little bit, but can we get a top 15 place finish? Maybe a top 10 place finish? Heck, can he be in contention to win on Sunday? I think so. And so I feel like almost if you're not paying up for Rom. A starting point would be Max Homa this week. Then from there, like Colin Moore, Kyle's going to be a tough play not to love. Okay. Um, you know, sixth place finish at the Genesis Invitational, miscut at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. You know, he was just, people wanted him to be a better play than he was that week. He was the easy chalk fade that week. And then, um, you know, end up being a solid play the next week. And so we can see, besides that miscut, sixth, third, second, sixth. I think he's going to make for a great chance to be a good outright bet. He makes out eighth in the nine to five model this week. And that's most likely just due to the fact that he had that missed cut at the waste manager Phoenix open course history wise, only one starting here in the last four years, he had a ninth place finish. So, you know, GPP wise makes a lot of sense. I guess if you can't afford to fit up, pay up for max home in a cash build, I'd be fine ending up on Colin Morikawa. And now to me, it's going to be pretty crazy that we can get Xander Shawfley at this price tag, right? Um, basically just a certified cut maker. Even in a round in which he did not have his game, a 74 in the second round of the Genesis Invitational had to chip in for Eagle to make the cut. He then was able to manage a 33rd place finish. So very strong, like, round from or kind of grinding out type of tournament for him, and he's still able to turn in a 33rd place finish. Now, of course, history rise. Only has one start here, and that was a 24th place finish. But if we look at a guy who's just a cut maker and just, you know, obviously one of the best players in the world, we can get him at 9.2, and that just seems pretty crazy. At the same time, we got Patrick Cantley down there as well. So it, I honestly don't mind the idea of starting out with Patrick Cantley and Xander Shawfley in your builds. That could be a route in which you go, and I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. Xander ranks out 11th in the 9 to 5 model, and Patrick Cantley ranks out ninth. All right. So getting to the mid-tier price point plays, I do like the idea of playing Victor Hovland. We look at his course history, four straight made cuts. Now it was up until last year uh, that he had a really good finish, finishing second. Prior to that, had four straight top 40 finishes. So nothing elite there prior to last year. But we can see he's, he's definitely been a cut maker. I do think he's something that we can depend on to make the cut. And so kind of the theme that we are seeing is that it is going to be extremely easy to find these cut makers to find a really strong build. Like you could easily do a fair and balanced build and make a very good, safe cash build as well. And so that is where, you know, I kind of get, I guess, why they played Price Drum Rom the way they did. But guys, with the last three weeks, okay, the biggest issue that I've had and we have seen it each week is not doing studs and duds. Okay. I just want to touch on that. Like Eric Cole, Andrew Novak, Kevin Tway, give you guys Dylan Wu. Okay. Like Tyler Duncan, I mentioned in passing. Like Eric Cole ended up being the top value play. Had I simply just done a studs and duds build, we probably have Eric Cole, we have Shank, we have Shelton. We're just setting ourselves up for more success by doing a studs and duds build. So I don't know. I would say like this week, it does seem to be fair and balanced is the way to go, but we are going to get some good values. Now, obviously, I'll touch on the top fair and balanced plays, and I would say Sunjay M is one of them. Sunjay M is coming in as a top 10 play in the 9 to 5 model, actually coming in as the fifth best play in the 9 to 5 model. Now, why is that? It's because he's an extremely consistent player, uh, both key stat wise and kind of just production wise. He is someone that has played just a lot of tournaments as well. So when we look at his course history, we can see four straight make cuts at this tournament. And so really the biggest issue that I have with Sunjay is that 
his recent weekends have not been that good. Like Genesis Invitational had two strong uh, first rounds and then fell off. Okay. Um, and really just one bad round occasionally as well. So that's kind of the biggest worry with Sunjay. But he is such a strong, consistent player that I'm kind of willing, especially in more of a cash build, I am willing to maybe just pay up for a little bit of security while we are kind of lacking the upside a little bit. But we, you know, it won't be shocking to see him have a top 10 finish at that same time as well. Then I mentioned Matt Fitzpatrick. So the biggest question mark with Matt Fitzpatrick is, is he healthier? How healthy enough is he? Okay. I would say that this would be the week in which we could probably play him with the most confidence that we have been able to recently. And so this could all change with any weather report that we get. I want to make that very clear. Okay. If we get a weather report or not a weather report, an injury report that says uh, Matt Fitzpatrick is struggling with his back, uh, then we worry about him. But he is someone that if he was healthy, I think he'd be a 10K play. Maybe not this week. I guess it'd probably be like a 9.4. He'd be probably priced above Willie Z. So we are getting a cheap price discount on him simply because of that injury situation. And so if you look at the you know course history here, ninth, 10th, ninth, second. I mean, he is just like the ideal type player at a tournament like this. Okay. And so we can see the recent form hasn't been great. That's the issue with him. That's our worry. Okay. It's a neck injury. Sorry, not a back injury, but that's been the biggest issue with Matt Fitzpatrick. So his recent form is in the best, but he's the 13th best specialist has the fourth best course history, 30th best staff hit once again, because of the injury stuff. But we can see when he's been healthy, it was the seventh and these 13th place finishes aren't the best. I guess those are at no cut events. This is my long way of saying he's a GPP only play. And then from there, I'm kind of curious as to what Jason Day's ownership will be because he has kind of been on a low-key tear recently, right? Finishing ninth, fifth, seventh, 18th, four straight make cuts in a row, one bad round at the RSM Classic, which cost him a make cut. And then prior to that, 16th, 21st, 11th, 8th. So he had been rattling off some great finishes. We look at this tournament, 31st place finished two years ago. And then I believe three years ago was like the famous... Um, you guys will probably see a picture of it. And let's see if I can actually find it here. Yes, here it is. <laughs> the famous Jason Day withdrawal with a back injury. Everyone knew he had a back injury and he played in the tournament and withdrew after round one and then went to Disney World. And this is the meme that we'll see a lot this week. And it is just, it's funny. Um, I don't think we have to worry about a back injury right now, but it's just, it's a funny story. Uh, you know, cheap price tag for guys been playing that well. And it, it's tough not to like him. Like he's played well at some tougher scoring tracks as well. Uh, so I'm very curious as to what his ownership will be because I could see it being pretty high. He comes in as the 15th best pick in the 9-5 model, a very strong price point play. And so this kind of goes back to how easy it would be to make a fair and balanced build. And then to me, really just a standout play. This is a player that I'm going to end up on probably a lot more than the field. It's going to be Terrell Hatton. Okay, just looking at the course history, the course history is excellent. Second, 21st, first, 29th. Just really good stuff there from Terrell Hatton. We look at the key stats. He's going to rank out top 12 or better in three out of the four uh, most key metric or key stats I'm looking at. Recent form could be a little bit better. It's been a little bit hit or miss, I guess. 40th at the Genesis Invitational. Really didn't have anything going. He was able to make the cut, you know, finished 40th, whatever. Waste management Phoenix open. Did played a little bit better. Sixth place finish. Uh, hero, whatever. I don't really care uh, too much. 38th. Uh, had a seventh. Uh, and then these two starts, no cut events. It's like we can't really put too much into that as well. But if we look at the key metrics, Terrell Hatton is the 11th best specialist, 12th best in course history rank, 12th best in recent form rank, and the sixth best staff it as a whole. We can see like there's nothing too alarming to his game. Uh, uh, start nine starts ago is his worst data point that we're going off of. So at this price tag, it's going to be very difficult not to be able to play Terrell Hatton. And so this is my worry is that I'm ending up on a more fair and balanced 
approach when really the data says and recent production says do a studs and duds build you need <laughs> like just do it but it's tough to kind of mentally do that and the last player in this price point range is going to be keith mitchell it's tough not to like keith mitchell as well and so this is kind of the strong field that we have we have seen him make four really strong starts in a row and if it weren't for that bad first round at the sony open really just a bunch of great starts in a row okay so keith mitchell has been on his game we have seen that recent upside and so he is someone that i hope is low owned because we could gain some huge leverage on the field. And I feel like people are going to have a tough time getting to him. Now, if we look at the key stats, guys, he is a top 10 staff in the field. Okay. 20th best specialist in the field. Four straight make cuts at this tournament, finishing 61st, 43rd, fifth and six. So obviously we want those starts from three and four years ago, uh, but the fact that he was able to make the cut the last four years, that is huge. And he's coming in as the 17th best pick in the nine to five model. Honestly, it wouldn't be shocking to see him be in contention on Sunday. He should be a safe cash play. He should be a good GPP play. This is the theme is that we can really play four players in this price point range and really have a lot of salary left over to really make a strong build. So man, I, <laughs> we know not to do a studs and beds, but it's kind of coming out that way. And now getting into that low tier price point tier. Uh, of course, Connors is probably going to be a decent starting point for a lot of people. Uh, just typically a cut maker. The issue with him is going to be the recent uh, finishes, 61st and 50th. You know, prior to that, had been rather than a lot of some really good starts. I do feel like there's better plays here. We look at his course history, though, 11th, third, and then two missed cuts in a row. So has made a start here the last four years. Pretty good. So Chris Kirk, I don't know what we do with Chris Kirk this week, to be honest with you guys. Uh, tremendous course history. Okay. Fifth, eighth, and 15th for course history. Look at his recent form. First, miscut, third, third. Okay. Really hasn't been playing terrible golf as a whole this season. <sighs> it's uh, what do we do with him? Honestly, uh, it's a question to you guys. I feel like he is one of the players in which coming off of a victory probably won't be as mentally sharp as we'd want. Still could be a good play. So from there, I feel like if we are playing Jason Day, for that great form recently, I feel like we got to be playing a little bit of Ricky Fowler as well. Ricky currently resides in Florida as well. Okay. You know, course history wise, not the best, but he's been able to manage four straight make cuts of this tournament. 52nd, 72nd, 18th and 40th. We'll take that. Like we'll take Ricky Fowler managing a way to make the cut when he was terrible, you know, for the past three years, really. And now he's found his swing. And so we can get Ricky at this price tag coming in with a 20th, 10th and 11th place finish over his past few starts. And if we go back further, we see a sixth and second place finish like Ricky's back. And so sure, compared to the rest of the players in the field, not an elite play comes in 33rd in the nine to five model. This is where one of those situations in which, you know, there's a little bit of human element to it. And I would say Ricky is the correct play this week, looking like a stellar play. And I just might end up on Ricky more than the field. The issue that we're going to have in this price point range is that we can find a reason to really play anyone here. You can. Adam Scott, Freaking terrible weekend at the Genesis Invitational after a freaking good round one. That was so annoying, in case you can't tell. But he has made 11 straight cuts in a row. Of course, Jesse Rice, 26th place finish at this tournament last year and a missed cut. So one for two, don't love that. But he is someone, typically speaking, you know, you would think would make the cut. And we can get him at 7.6. He has a 77% chance to make the cut. Like someone that I really think would be a strong price point play this week. I wouldn't blame anyone for playing Keegan Bradley this week. Sure, he's coming in off of that missed cut last week. Our last term at the Genesis Invitational, bad round one, wasn't able to bounce back in round two. He does reside in Florida, which is probably why he has great course history here, finishing 11th, 10th, 42nd, and 46th. Really good stuff there from him. And, you know, if we go back further, we see a second, we see a first, we see a fifth. You know, he does have some good starts thus far this season. Coming in as a top 20 player in the 9-5 to model, definitely a player that you could end up on for sure. And like, guys, we got Tommy Fleetwood here. Tommy Fleetwood's coming in as a top 15 pick in the nine to five model has tremendous course history, three top 20 finishes at this tournament and one miscut. Okay. 
The form recently hasn't been elite, I guess. Um, missed cut the waste management Phoenix Open. Uh, but besides that, you know, pretty good starts, good enough starts. Uh, given the tournament, given the setup of this tournament, like he's a player I don't mind ending up on. Gary Woodland, I could get talked into a little bit of. Seamus Power really has just some tremendous form. He has one of the best make cut percents in this price point tier. We can see the starts have been pretty phenomenal as well, rattling off a bunch of top 25 or better finishes in all of these like cut based events. <laughs> like it's just been so good, especially in 2023. Sure. The one issue that we have with Seamus Power this week is that he missed the cut at this tournament last year. But given this price tag, I like the fact that he does have course experience. Okay, we see that just having course experience is a step above someone not having course experience. So given the great recent form coming in seventh best in the field, he's the 12th best staff in the field, 20th best specialist in the field. If it wasn't for that course history, he'd be ranking out better than he currently is, which is top 20 in the field. At 7.4, Seamus Power just makes a ton of sense. Okay, so I'll probably be ending up on Seamus Power. And if you think about a player that typically plays well in an event like this, it's Seamus Power. Uh, so yeah, he's someone I'll be playing as well. And my goodness, guys, we got 1,200 left over and I feel pretty good about this build. That is how easy it is to make a good build this week. We could continue on to Ming Wu Lee. Basically the same play as Seamus Power, just not as good of a specialist. Pretty good stat fit in terms of the data that we have. Third best in recent form rank. I mean, he has just been, you know, really playing well, especially when we include the DP tour starts, which I do include in there. At 7.3, a cheap price tag. Very cheap price tag. Nick Taylor, Tom Hoagie, Aaron Wise, all really good plays as well. Like you could definitely talk me into that. I'm probably going to go to uh, Adrian here again, though, this week. So he is someone that would fit the bill of someone that typically plays well at this event. Uh, he's going to be the 36th best specialist in the field, coming in in the 10th best recent form. Once again, that's going to be including the DP Tour starts, but we can see really strong finishes uh, for the most part in the DP Tour. We got a uh, first, a 10th, a fourth in there, uh, 14th place finish last week at the Honda Classic, 45th at the Genesis Invitational. So this is one of those situations where when we're looking at DP Tour players, like I want to see them get acclimated to being overseas here. And so this is going to be his third straight cut in a row. He should be pretty acclimated. Like he should be good to go. Uh, at some point too, I'm perfectly fine firing him off. Um, I would say if he had course history and we saw him at this tournament, I actually wouldn't mind him for a long shot outright bet. But since we don't, probably not. Going to make for a great GPP play. And I know a lot of people aren't going to like this, but I think Christian Bazuna could be a strong bounce back play this week. The course history has been there. 20th, 7th, and 8th. Three straight make cuts of this tournament with his worst finish being 20th. I mean, that is pretty spectacular. Okay. Specialist wise, 30th best specialist in the field. Now stat rank is an elite. 84th in the field. And recent form is kind of poor, given the fact that he has missed some cuts, and they were terrible missed cuts. Definitely a GPP only play, definitely like a 5% GPP only play. But he is something that I think we could end up on in a little bit of GPP build. And then from there, I, I really, I don't get the price tag for Ryan Fox. I know he hasn't been playing like great long-term stuff. Like his last three events, though, have been 17th, 11th, and 20th, Okay. This just seems like such a small price tag for Ryan Fox. And like if we use the DP tour data, 20th, 21st best specialist, 14th best staff fit. I mean, he would be a top 20 play in the nine to five mile. It just seems like such a cheap price tag. And I know people are very hesitant to roster DP tour players. So you could probably get away with rostering him as well at a lower ownership. So it could be a good way to gain some leverage on the field. So I'm very curious about ownership this week as well. So now we're going to dip down into that value tier price point tier. And guys, I'm actually curious, like there had to be someone that was close or, or did take down GPP with my advice the last three weeks. It's just like almost 
almost impossible <laughs> for it not to have happened. And I know other people are taking advice elsewhere, but I feel like with the top plays and low on plays that we, like I was able to give out last week and the last few weeks and really this season, it just seems almost impossible that no one that's been using. So, and I hate saying that. I do. I don't want to pat myself on the back. I'm just like, it is crazy. The season that we have had both in cash and finding an upside plays. And one of those plays was Justin Scott. And I laid it out very well, I thought. Like if it wasn't for that withdrawal, he'd be someone that we'd be looking at as a really strong play, as someone that'd be higher priced. And I would say that's the exact same situation this week as well. And I would say almost quite clearly, we don't have to worry about the injury situation, the, the shoulder injury, okay? So he's been finding ways to make cuts. And yes, this field is definitely not as good as last week, or this field is definitely much better than last week's, okay? But he's been finding ways to make the cuts. And honestly, if he gets a top 40 finish for me this week as a value to your play, I will take that. Now, Eric Cole, the top value play from last week in the nine to five player pool, player that I gave you guys in this video. Um, I'd be fine going back to the well with him. It's just like, how will he handle, you know, finishing runner up and losing in a playoff? I would say that could hurt him mentally, but who knows? You never know, right? I haven't caught any interviews on him to see where he's at mentally. I feel like that would be a tall tale sign. You know, maybe we're checking the interviews on Wednesday to see kind of what the message is from Eric Cole. And so I don't know if people will be on Danny Willett, but three straight make cuts in a row. Also, three straight make cuts at this tournament coming in as the 58th best pick in the 9 to 5 mile, which is not elite, but not terrible as well. And then this is another very strange price tag for Robbie Shelton. What is going on here, right? Like, ah, oh. now he doesn't rank out the best in the 9 to 5 mile, 51st in the 9 to 5 mile, but given the price tag, we would take that. Okay, 21st, 20th, 67th, 6th, uh, miscut, 10th, 52nd, miscut, 23rd. 15th like he has just had some great finishes and he does have course history okay a miscut and a made cut once again i do like to value the fact that players have a course experience and so we have that with him that's a bonus to me to me he should be or could be someone that is a thousand dollars more expensive okay i'd probably say he should be priced by aaron wise okay so maybe 7.1 so is he a lock and load to make the cut definitely not but is he someone that we can clearly see should be higher priced? Yes. Okay. He's the 33rd best specialist in the field. Of course, history wise, not the best, but 47th best staff fit, 48th in recent form rank. Given the price tag, it is very difficult not to like Robbie Shelton this week. And then for what it's worth, like Zach Johnson's a decent play. Four straight make cuts at this tournament, which at 6.5, that is what you'd be hoping for is a make cut. And honestly, like a, his best finish is a 32nd place finish. You would be overjoyed for a 32nd place finish. Okay. His recent form has been better as well. He has been playing some solid golf thus far this season, especially in 2023. Uh, the Sony Open, you know, I was pleasantly surprised that he made the cut. I thought his career was going downhill. No, he's actually been getting better and better each start. And so if that continues this week, this is a very cheap price day for a guy that has now made four straight cuts in a row and four straight cuts at this tournament. He does rank out as someone that's going to be right around a made cut, but at 6.5 to get some that should be right around a made cut. That is an extremely cheap price tag, like 61st play in the nine to five model. We will take that. And then lastly, Adam Shank, also very cheap. Okay, 42nd, 29th, four course history, five straight make cuts in a row. Okay, not the best specialist, and I would say that's probably why he would struggle. You know, this is a longer track. I, I, I would say that would be the reason why he would miss the cut, but the fact that he's made it two straight years, extremely interesting to me. Okay, ranks out as the 68th best pick in the 9-5 mile. Certainly someone you can play. And then that's probably it. 
Okay, but we can see there's so many decent plays that we have this week. So now getting into the core plays, and I know what you guys are going to say. It's John Rom. He's the highest price player in the field. Like that doesn't help me out too much. Guys, this is how you can have success in PGA DFS is like, just don't get too cute with it. Stick with what works. And John Rom is what works. And you can easily fit him into a build. I already point out there's Robbie Shelton, a good play. Zach Johnson, that's a good play. There's a bunch of decent value out there that can make the cut. And thus, if John Rom returns a top five finish again, you're going to be rewarded for that. Okay. The only issue I have, I guess, would be one start here in the last four years, which was a 17th place finish. But we can see, look at this. I mean, this is insane. His worst data point that we have is literally 17th place finish last year. And then from there, it's a seventh place finish. Okay. Just insanely good stuff there from John Rom. I see no reason at 11.5, not to treat him as someone we should be really going out of our way to play. And from there, guys, this field is loaded. You could make an argument for all of these plays. To me, I see Terrell Hatton at his price tag, and I just want to load up on Terrell Hatton, okay? Uh, he is someone that should be in for a make cut. Like, he typically is a grinder. He typically finds ways to make the cut. And we can see course history has been elite. Second, 21st, first, 29th. And honestly, I feel like if he wasn't a DP World Tour player uh, for like half of his starts, he would be higher priced. This is a tournament that he loves, and I think we're getting like a, a DP Tour discount. Is the best way to describe it. So I'm going to be loading up on Terrell at an 8.3. That's just such a cheap price tag and a play that I just want to go on my way to play. And then for me, I do think 9.7 is just a, such a solid price tag for Max Homa. It's tough not to love him. Coming in, you know, it, it is quite clearly Rory or Rom, and then it's Scotty, and then it's Homa. Like those are quite clearly the top four plays. There's a decent gap between Scotty and Rory or Rom, and there's a decent gap between Homa and Scotty. But Homa is cheap. 9.7 is such a cheap price take for him. And honestly, outright-wise, I don't mind. He is going to be really mentally ready to go, it seems like. He is mad that he let that W go away, especially after having the lead in his last start. But we can see, last few starts, 2nd, 39th, 1st, 3rd. Great course history here as well. 17th, 10th, 24th. If you think about a tournament that Max Homa would play well at, it is this tournament. So we can get Max Homa at 9.7. That's an extremely cheap price that We are getting soft pricing. And so I think we should take advantage of that. And then for my last core play, let's just see which players are coming in as core plays on the nine to five data tag. We got a ton. Okay. So that is my long way of saying we can't really narrow it down that much. This is the data tag. This is pretty much a thing that I use to tell us which players are the core plays given the metrics. Okay. So we can see Xander, Hovland, Cameron Young, and I would say it feels dirty and I probably don't want to do this, but Keith Mitchell, I could see kind of rostering more, kind of going out of my way more than the rest of the field, just given this price tag. You can see four straight make cuts at this tournament. Um, you know, just a pretty strong play across the board. 10th best stat rank play in the field. We can see uh, two top five finishes over his last three starts, uh, three top 10 finishes over his last seven starts. Top 20 specialists in the field, you know, it's pretty easy to like him. And so if we get into a first look build here for you guys, I already showed you guys this one as I was going through it. Like you could easily just upgrade from Sun JM to Max Homa if you wanted to. You could easily do that. Seamus Power is another player that I didn't even mention as a core player. Like he's such a strong player. I think he's going to be a great play. And once again, like I kind of mentioned, I need to stop being stupid and not doing studs and duds. So let's try to do a studs and duds one as well. So if we were to do a build like this, guys, we can fit pretty easily and pretty strongly almost four 9K price point plays and feel pretty good about it, given the soft pricing with some values that we have. Maybe we go to Sunjame here who ranked out really well. So that is how good it is and easy it is to make a strong build. Now with that, I typically show you guys kind of the lineup tool here and show you guys how that lineup would look. I feel like it's too wide open right now to kind of give that out to you guys. I just feel like it, 
it wouldn't be as beneficial as it typically would be. So, um, you know, take that for what it's worth. Maybe on Wednesday's video, I'll come out with that for you. But that's all for this video. It was a fun video. Um, lots of great plays, lots of great lineups you can make, lots of strong price point plays as well. Uh, personally, this is one that should be a little bit easier. I mean, with these elevated events, it is easier to make some good builds. And so, uh, just don't be dumb. Don't get too cute. Um, and let's have a good week. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. And as always, let's keep cash.